0: I'm Itır Eraslan, and this is the Marketing Meeting Podcast, the place where I meet with marketing experts to talk about the latest news, tools, and strategies that matter in today's marketing world. Hello, and welcome to the new episode of the Marketing Meeting. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Ilan Amir, and we'll be talking about Amazon. Elan uh, is the founder of EPA Marketing. He is an Amazon consultant and a brand advisor. With his team, he helps brands scale their businesses through e-commerce and Amazon. Elan, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Um, before we uh, jump into the Amazon world, uh, Amazon ocean, let's say, uh, could you just tell us a bit about your story? How did you end up uh, doing what you do right now?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I think Jungle would probably be the best fit for Amazon, being how crazy it can be sometimes. Um, I got introduced to Amazon on the selling side of things back in 2016. I was working for a a business mentor at the time in the digital marketing space, and everyone was selling informational products and uh, saw the opportunity to do a lot of cool things online and um, got really frustrated with everyone at the time launching webinars and everyone teaching gurus how to be gurus online after they made $10,000. And so I actually got introduced to the selling side through retail arbitrage. Um, I didn't even know it was a thing. I had purchased a few things on Amazon, probably had a Prime account, don't even remember at this point. And um, we would go into retail stores and buy products we thought would do well and take the labels off and pack them together, sometimes in a gift box or in unique ways and increase the price and sell them on Amazon. And that was our way of testing what we thought would work. Um, once we found out what worked, we'd go directly to the to the vendor and buy in pallet loads, sometimes not even touching product. We would give them all the labels and they would ship direct to Amazon and um. One thing led to another. I launched a podcast myself uh, called The Foodpreneur, where I interviewed entrepreneurs behind health-conscious food brands. I've always been a foodie and more into the health side of things. And um, at the end of those conversations, a lot of questions kept coming up. So I know you do Amazon. Like maybe you could take a look at ours. Maybe you could help us. So I really saw the need there. And again, that was in 2016. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, it was you know it was pretty early on in the Amazon space for for food. I, I think really the pandemic in 2020, when it hit, opened a lot of people's eyes to the idea that they could buy food on Amazon. Um, And so, you know, things took off from there and I took on a couple of clients and from there, my business has grown. And um, I love a lot about what we do. There's frustrating times like in every business. And sometimes you don't have as much control when you're dealing with Amazon the beast, but um, no, there's there's, for, for businesses, there's really no better way to get a bang for your buck um, and get the most visibility while driving real sales. And
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I read somewhere uh, this week is that there is like more than 2 million brands on Amazon. And then if you think about uh, the categories, probably there are thousands of different categories. So yeah. as you said, it's a jungle, but it's kind of an ocean too. Yeah. Um, so as a brand, it's uh, all about being discovered by and found by the Amazon search algorithm, right? Sure. Yeah. And then uh, considering that there are like 2 million brands, more than 2 million brands in that big jungle, um, how can brands stand out there in Amazon? And should every brand be there uh, and try to, you know, be a part of that jungle?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, There's 2 million brands. I think that there's almost 10 million sellers which actually means that there's more competition because even as a brand, you may not have full control of your products, right? And so how do you gain visibility uh, in this ocean, in this jungle where there's everyone's vying for eyeballs? Um, Number one, my, my suggestion is that you have to think outside the box. If Amazon is your, if you're a one trick pony and Amazon is your only sales channel, it becomes a lot more competitive and a lot more expensive to actually play there Um, and build a viable business model. The brands and the businesses that I see that do the best and are the most successful both on and off platform are the ones who really invest in the business and the brand holistically. And that means retail, that means club like Costco, Sam's club, et cetera. Um, E-commerce both direct to consumer third-party platform, such as Walmart is a third-party platform. Uh, Their website is direct to consumer being part of thrive market um, being offered on iHerb. So the companies who have a more holistic approach are the ones who really are successful because they're constantly creating visibility for their brands, right? Um, should every brand be on Amazon? Yes and no, it really depends on the, on the goals. I mean, if you're on Amazon to purely make a profit, then the answer is depending on the, the, the journey, where you are in the life cycle of your business, maybe not. Um, Amazon tends to not be the most profitable play simply because of the fees involved. And it really depends on the category you're in. You know, If you're selling food items for $8.99, $8.99, it's pretty hard to remain profitable when Amazon's taken about $5 out of that, plus your cost of goods. That's not including advertising. Um, But if you're on there to build brand recognition, like I said earlier, there really is no better place and a lot of brands look at it today as a supplemental channel for both revenue and marketing. And that's why a lot of the clients that we work with, um, and we call them partners because we look at their business holistically and we like to partner with them on future, future ventures within the platform and potentially outside of that. Um, it's really based on um, your ability to, to understand what your cost per acquisition is and what your intention is. And if you're able to work on a break-even model on Amazon, it's actually profitable because a lot of people are learning about your brand while you're breaking even. There's not many places you can go to do that today. I know there's you know, iOS 14, 15 updates have thrown a real loop for traditional um, marketers today. So yeah, it, there's a lot of opportunity there. Is it for everyone? Again, depends. There might be better fits if you're a f- furniture company, maybe Wayfair, Etsy might be better but it doesn't hurt to be on there. Um, It depends on on, on the scale of which you you intend to operate.
0: So my next question would be like, are there some uh, products or product categories that work uh, much better than the others uh, in the platform?
1: Yeah, so I'm a big fan of recurring products, right? So um, consumables are really good because you drink the juice, it's gone, you need more. you can't always go to your nearest Walgreens or Walmart and buy that product. And so the idea that people can put your product on subscribe and save actually over time decreases your cost per acquisition and increases your profitability. And those are the types of products we really get excited about is, you know, right now we're working with a grown in America, uh, sixth generation regenerative farming uh, business, and they do beans and flowers. These are types of products um, that once they're in a home, While they're commoditized, right, like black beans, sure, you can go and pick them up anywhere. At the end of the day, the practice with which this business operates, biodynamic, regenerative, glyphosate-free, tested for heavy metals, is really important for people. So while it's commoditized, there are opportunities for the unique selling propositions to really stand out where you have a lot less competitions. And once people find a good product, they put it on subscribe and save. My wife has subscribed and save on many of her shampoo products and other products because she just wants to ensure that they're always there. Um, so consumables are, can be highly profitable over time. Sometimes they're a little bit more high on the cost per acquisition, but there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, and then higher margin items, right? Supplements are good um, and depends on where you're manufacturing. Clothing items might be good. The, the idea is what, again, it goes back to the beginning, what else are you doing to drive the marketing and consumer experience? If you're only on Amazon and you're launching a supplement business today, I wish you luck, right? Um, If you're launching a supplement business on your website and Amazon becomes one of many channels, you have the opportunity to succeed because of the visibility and the impressions you will create over time. Mm
0: -hmm. How about uh, tech products like the electronic items? Um, what, what do you think about that uh, compared to the um, you know, commodity items?
1: Yeah, I mean, tech products have become commodities as well today. Um, we have a Bluetooth speaker company that is a premium price point. And so people are willing to pay that. Um, is it the, it's kind of an awkward price point because today, Bluetooth speaker, let's say, you go on Amazon and you're one of two people. You're either shopping for the best deal price-wise or you're looking for the best product. And there really isn't much of a middle range between 50 and 100 dollars in that sweet spot so less than 50 it becomes a margin issue right it's, mm-hmm. if you're producing in china for eight dollars and you're landing it here for 11 or 12 obviously shipping costs are going up costs are going up across the board doesn't matter what category you're on plus amazon fees acquisition it can get expensive which really eats into your margin if you're on the hundred dollar side of things in a bluetooth speaker tech category Um, there's definitely opportunity to succeed, but it's a a long-term venture. And I think you'll probably hear a recurring theme here on this call for me is it's a long game. Whenever we start with partners and clients on Amazon, we never say, hey, you're gonna be profitable in the next six to 12 months. And if you're looking to go zero to hero, and be profitable all within the first year, we're probably not the right fit. And anyone that tells you they could do that is probably lying to you and here's why. Um, and so we really try and set it up for the long-term success because you wouldn't go into retail and expect to be profitable in the first six to 12 months. right? Whole Foods has free fills and shell, um, stocking fees and you know all these other fees associated. People just assume Amazon and e-commerce is gonna be profitable out of the gate. Um, if you have a large brand, Yeah, maybe. But if you're unknown and you're trying to compete with the JBLs and the larger brands in the Bluetooth world, it can be very expensive in advertising today, not to mention, and we will probably get here, advertising costs have gone up about 60% year over year. Um, And that's- In the
0: platform, in Amazon. On Amazon, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's because everyone pre-pandemic who was a little bit skeptical, maybe on the fence of, is Amazon right for me? Or e-commerce, is that right for our business? Now, understands they don't have a choice. They have to be on there. And what we're seeing, and so that creates a lot more competition for the limited eyeballs that are on there. The other idea is that big brands today are starting to suffer a little bit more in the retail category because people are shopping more online, which Amazon or COVID kind of expedited. It was already something that was happening, but it accelerated through that period. And then Additionally, their costs are going up and it's much easier to pass on the cost to a consumer when you're direct to consumer on your website or on Amazon, rather than Passing that price onto a distributor, who then marks it up again—you know, at multiple levels—before it hits the shelves. And sometimes the distributor says, "Hey, no, we're not going to take that price increase." So brands, what we're seeing is larger brands, and we're talking Fortune 500 and public companies, looking to take more control in-house of their Amazon and, and e-commerce platforms specifically, um, because that helps their bottom line more.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um the 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 reason one of the reasons that I have asked about technology products is that I have I had like a recent example uh with one of the you know I'm using a camera for my for my Zoom appearances for for sure. for the podcast and so on I bought it through uh through Amazon and from the brand's Amazon store own store and now I learned that it's not working with the new uh, Apple's new software and the new Apple M1 chips Uh, And then when I read the, you know, when I go through the blogs, I've, I've seen so many frustrated customers, you know, talking about that. And I wrote to the brand's normal website and I said, I would like to refund this because I cannot use it. Uh, It's not compatible with my, with my new um, Apple device. And then they say, I mean, if you are buying it on Amazon store, I'm sorry, but we cannot help you. And I I was just like, come on, but this is your store at the end of the day. I'm not not buying the product from the reseller store. And I said, I mean, uh, and they say, we understand, but we cannot help you. Uh, We are sorry. And I was like, okay, this is, I think this is a brand mistake, right? I mean, if you have, if you have your own store in Amazon, so it should be treated as your website, whatever complaint you receive from there, you should take care of it or is, the platform going to take care of it i mean, i i, I adopt nuts right
1: i 100% agree with you and as a seller as a consultant and as a customer i understand the entire spectrum of frustration um, <clears throat> i 100% agree that the customer is always right i learned this when i was very young working in restaurants you know mm-hmm. i have many funny stories to tell i'll say i'll spare the the audience and the time but the customer is always right no matter what and even when they're wrong they're right and our we had a customer the other day, I worked with an organic kosher manufacturer of grape juices and oils and vinegars, high quality product, and Passover's coming up. And so we had a customer that bought an organic and um, kosher grape juice from us, and they spent maybe 30 bucks for a couple of bottles. Uh, but again, glass items needs to be heavy. It, it's heavy. It needs to be bubble wrapped and packed. So there's a lot of fees that come into that over the, the course of the, the sale. And then they went to, I don't know, Walmart or something and bought another brand for $8.99. And they were like, I found it cheaper elsewhere. I'd like a refund. Well, you didn't actually find it cheaper elsewhere. You found a different product elsewhere. Had you found us, we'd do a a price match. Um, So we have an opportunity to save a client and make them happy and keep them back or tell them, get lost, it's your problem, right? We took the road where we say, hey, we're willing, since you bought a product that's not our brand, we're willing to do a price match in the form of a credit. So you spent 30 bucks, maybe $10 over here at Walmart, we'll give you a $20 coupon for the next time you shop with our brand, of any of our products. So we're not losing a customer, you know, maybe they come back and they argue it, I'm not sure what happens yet. But that's a way for a brand to say, hey, we we value your loyalty. But you know, had they come to us and bought, an, bought our product elsewhere, we would have done a price match, we would have done a refund. Um, in that opportunity, it cost the tech company nothing, dollars, literally dollars, to send you the updated version or another one, or give you a refund to save the customer. It boggles my mind that in 2022, with such, with such stiff competition in every category, I'm talking from airline industry to skincare, how freely and willingly brands are to lose their customers by not offering strong customer service. And that's a backbone of our business is we take care of a to Z for our, our partners. And um, we operate as if we're in-house and we do the customer service. And so when we start with this, with the, with the accounts, we build out an entire SOP and frequently asked questions of what we're going to do and how we're going to solve that. Right. Um, our first, our first chance is to always save, save the customer. Can we issue, you know, a new product, try something else, a replacement, whatever it is. If they come back and they say no, I want a refund, we give the refund. But it's a lot cheaper to save the the account than it is to, to or the the customer than to go and create a new one because now you're not happy. You're talking on a podcast about this. No one knows the brand, but it's not good business, right? Exactly. So hundred percent, it's, it's the right way to do things in every business is to just make the customer happy, especially on e-commerce, people hide behind Amazon's customer service. Um, we always go above and beyond to try and reach out to the customer. Even if they offer, they, they get a refund, we try and understand why, why did you get mm-hmm. a refund? Was the product bad? Is it something as a manufacturer that we need to look deeper into? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand the frustration, but then we, on the opposite end, there's also scammers. There we have, believe it or not. Quick story, and this is important. The we I work many for diff, I work with many different food brands. And two years ago, we had someone come in and buy a case pack of a product on one account, and it had this person had a very unique name, and they wrote us a story how they tried the product and their stomach hurt. They gave it to their mother, and their mother's stomach hurt too. They need a refund. Okay, odd situation. We gave them a refund. Couple months later, we saw the same message on a different account from the same name. And I'm like, this name rings a bell. So I went back through the archives and found it. And I took a screenshot of that message and I sent it to them. And I said, unfortunately, we're not able to give you a refund because we believe this is to be a scam. And we reported them to Amazon. Lo and behold, a few months later, they did this to yet another one of our clients. So, oh my God. The funny part is, is that what a small world. That we happen to manage three of the different brands that this happened to, all in the food space, all with case packs, all the stomach. So, this last customer, this last partner of ours said, send them a funny message. And so we wrote back, like, oh, like, we're not able. We've already refor- um, issued a, a formal re- report to Amazon. By the way, you should probably go get your gut checked by your doctor because this is the third time this has happened to XYZ brands. Um, but that goes to say that Amazon protects. Their, their customers, not their sellers. And sometimes as a seller and as a consultant, that's a frustrating part for us because their motto is to become the world's most customer centric brand. I think they're forgetting a comma in the last part, which is at the expense of their sellers, right? Mm-hmm. We do about 70% of the business that Amazon does online. Only 30% of their dot-com business is through first party, which means they own the business. So it's frustrating for us when we see refunds come through for no reason and Amazon doesn't give us an explanation and the customer always wins. So Mm -hmm. I understand both sides.
0: And uh, going back to, it's it's a very nice example, by the way. Um, Then going back to, um, so every second we know that the platform gets bombarded with new brands New reviews, which often some of them are scam or fake reviews and new sellers. And within that noise, um, are there some uh, tactics that works as a brand? I mean, but from tactics, I mean, like good strategies uh, combined with good tactics that works. And then uh, you can suggest it to the other people to do that as well.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs)
0: But tactics.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we call them ninja strategies, ninja tactics, right? Um, in fact, a lot of, a lot of brands do product inserts, right? And so they'll, they'll put something like this where, you know, you can scan the QR code and go to the website or thanks for your purchase. If you're happy, you know, Amazon compliantly, Amazon wants you to not be favoring people who like the product and ask them for a review and people who don't like the product, tell them to reach out to you right? Because they want they, that's in a way manipulating the customer's mind on what kind of review they leave. They want honest reviews. So, compliantly speaking to the audience, the best thing to do is to say, you know, we'd love, thank you for being a, a customer or whatever. We'd love for you to leave honest review on Amazon as small brands really benefit from reviews to compete against the, the, the Goliaths out there, right? Um, ninja tactics we do that may be more white hat, uh, or sorry, black hat. Um, we, we send them to, you know, different websites. So maybe it's like www.brand.com slash VIP, and they get a coupon there and they can shop on the website. And in order to get the coupon, they have to give us their email address or phone number. So there is some potential to data scrape. Um, again, Amazon's not going into the boxes, that you put and untaping them and trying to find these types of cards they're called product inserts um, and the, the reality is, is you if you do it compliantly you're not going to get in trouble um, those are things that you can do there's also different softwares out there that allow you to send follow-up emails post-purchase um, Amazon now has integrations with other, surf, uh, software even built into their own platform where you can just sort of request a simple review. And sometimes that's only a rating, not an actual typed text review. Uh, but those are good as well, because most people don't read the reviews. They look at the rating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all things to do, but my, my biggest suggestion would be, um, operate compliantly on Amazon because we've seen what happens when you don't and not, In house, everything we do is above compliance, but we see competitors, we see what happens when and it's become quite a bit of a dirty game, um, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and and even such categories as prunes, you know, I think it's funny to say that but like we had a product that we launched a bulk bag of prunes with a, with a, a, a pro partner and that one over the first six to 12 months went from zero to number one in the category. As we, we know for a fact it's physically impossible for the product to be even close to expired because we only started manufacturing this for Amazon. It has zero distribution, has never been even manufactured before. And we get a complaint that it's expired like two days after it becomes number one. We file an appeal, we get reinstated. But it's, and then it happened again. It's pretty obvious that the competitor who was dethroned from number one, having been there for two years, started losing a lot of sales. Because once you have the best seller's badge or Amazon's choice badge, your conversion rate goes up and your sales go through the roof because people find credibility and confidence in buying when Amazon's putting that tag. Um, so that's part of the dirty game. Um, if you're launching a new product or a new brand on Amazon, be very careful with the velocity with which you're getting reviews, right? Um, Amazon operates on an, on an algorithm for everything, but especially when it comes to a review ratio, if they know that you're in the tech category and you the, the traditional ratio is 10%, right? One to every 10 sales that's made a review comes in. And all of a sudden you launch a product, you have 10 sales and nine reviews come in that's a pretty red, big red flag for them. They'll flag it, they may suspend your account. If they're nice, they may give you a warning. Um, Sometimes what they're doing now is actually blocking that product from getting reviews, right? Mm. So even real, you end up hurting yourself because Amazon will delete those reviews that they feel are manipulated and additionally block potential real customers from leaving a review, which is going to help you. Um, And so they, they take their reviews and, you know, reviews might seem really small in concept, but it's huge because it's the backbone of their business. Like, Mm -hmm. right, the review images are number one selling factor, then reviews, then price. So Mm -hmm. once you've you've entered someone's mind and say, hey, this this product fits what I'm looking for. Now let's look at the price and the reviews, depending on who the customer is, maybe price comes first. Um, Reviews are very important. And so if you're manipulating that, That's messing with their formula um, and really uh, um, manipulating consumers. And the other side of that is there's, this is age old um, strategy, but there's a lot of bad actors and um, people who have um, thousands of accounts just from accumulating them over the years. And they might take an old sock product that has 500 five-star reviews, change the listing to become a new water bottle. And now it goes to the very top because it's a new, you know, it's not a new product, but you can change some things in the back end. but now the water bottle has 500 reviews and they've never sold one water bottle, right? And so it's also important as a consumer, when you're looking at reviews, do your due diligence and actually go in and look at the reviews. If you see something that has 200 reviews or 2000 reviews, but there hasn't been a review, a written review in the last six months that's a bit of a red flag, or you're looking at a water bottle and you see a review for socks. That's manipulation, right? Now I'm not telling you to go and report it to Amazon, while, but you know, maybe you, you may want to. The end of the day, those have been manipulated and Amazon's really cracking down on their ways of, of ensuring um, review safety and review credibility. So mm-hmm. you know, we talked there about both things that you want to do to get reviews and, and, and as a brand launching, um, how, do, how else do you cut through the noise? Utilizing all the different features, everything from advertising to Amazon posts, which is kind of an integrated Amazon's way of building um, Instagram into there. So you can follow the brand, you can get notified when they do new posts. Uh, it has all the writings to become part of the advertising platform. But um, if, you're, if you have a trademark and you're a real brand, you should, you should own your IP. But having a storefront, having A plus content, making sure your titles are optimized for certain keywords. Um, there used to be these tricks where it's like, just because you're a kitchen product or you pasta, you want to be ranking for spatula. Not really, right? You only have limited keywords today, making sure that you're highly relevant in that category. Um, images are, are, are legible. We see images all the time that A, are really bad, no images, um, or, you know, very small text. Remember, 65 plus percent of people are starting search on Amazon on mobile. So it has to mm-hmm. be mobile friendly. Um, and then uh, like, you know, I know, I know you're a, a big part of this for brands, but working on their, their off-channel strategy, right? Their holistic mm-hmm. marketing, whether it be e-commerce or retail, just really doing everything you can to build a brand. And, and that's what I'm, I'm most impressed with Amazon over the almost six plus years I've been doing this, is that they've really become brand Focused, right? And everything they're doing is helping brands grow. And if you're not building a brand and you're just a private label reseller, your days are numbered because mm. they're favoring brands who really invest in advertising. And that that's the number one factor in organic ranking in Amazon's A10 algorithm is advertising, right? Is is pay per click sales? Are you converting on advertising? They're going to give you a lot of love in the ranking. Um, there's a lot of tactics we could discuss, but those are some of the keys.
0: So we are talking about the search algorithm and how the search algorithm favors the brand or, or the uh, one brand over the other. Uh, so you mentioned about the importance of images, uh, the reviews, the price. I think these are the three most important things, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, copy is very important mm-hmm. as well. There's both front-end copy, which the customer sees, and then there's back-end copy, which they don't, where you could put more keywords and subject matters where it's relevant to people where you want to populate, and they call that indexing. Um, it's also important when you rank the conversion rate, right? That's something that, that we play with. A lot of agencies out there like to just spend more money um, mm-hmm. on advertising and say, oh, that's going to fix our problems. We're, we take the opposite approach. We say, "Yeah, we're going to do our advertising in a very efficient way." However, before we even start scaling advertising, we're going to make sure every single nook and cranny on the listing is buttoned up. Do we have subscribe and save? If it's eligible for it, um, are our images top notch? Are titles rank? Are, are they are they keyword rich? Right? If you're in the tech category, it's important that you're using very big buzzwords you know especially in the food if it's organic vegan kosher those are things that people look for a lot right gluten free um, and then are you describing kind of the benefits of your product A lot of people just talk about features but benefits are really important in your images and your text um, to convert someone right like the consumer wants to put themselves in the shoes of having that product already and if you could paint that picture how their life will be easier or their you know, they'll look prettier for business meetings if they have certain makeup or they'll be healthier if they take the supplement, certain things that really strike a chord. And that's just general sales knowledge. Um, and then we so we try and button up all the all the, the, the little, little points across the listing. And sometimes it's three months in. We say, hey, everything is perfect. How could we do even better? Right. And so we may say, hey, this image looks really good. Um, let's try and move it to the second slot or even move it to the, the hero image if possible, because we know that might convert. If people see this, their tongues are going to be salivating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you running a promotional calendar, playing with different coupons or price slashes or prime exclusive discounts, lightning deals? Um, so there's a lot of things. And then only then once everything is done, should we say to the, to the, to the partner, we need more advertising dollars, because at that mm-hmm. point, we're confident that if we do scale the advertising, everything grows with it because you're not missing the ball on conversion rate. Right now, if you're converting at 20% conversion rate and then you bump to 30% by making a couple of those minor changes, that's a 50% conversion rate growth, right? Your sales would grow by 50% by doing nothing other than maybe changing a few keywords and images. and, and, and making sure that as much as possible, if negative reviews come in, you're checking the back end of the platform where you can engage a little bit more with the customer, maybe ask some questions, or at least better understand why people aren't as happy and leaving negative reviews.
0: Mm hmm. So when it comes to the ads, you mentioned that once everything is fixed in terms of our store, uh, the images, the uh, back end and the you know, front end copy and et cetera, sure. then we can start uh, using advertising, right? Or no. Would you suggest? We, yeah.
1: So I, I'm always if you're going to sell on Amazon, just like if you're a landlord, you should do it right. Right. Don't be a slumlord. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you build your brand on Amazon, build the store, build the A+, do it right. Invest in the money or the time that it's going to take to actually do that, right? You've already put all this money and time into building the brand and growing retail. Do it right on Amazon as well. Um, it depends on the, the goals and the objectives of the brand when they start advertising. Some brands can throw products up there, and because they're such household names, they're just going to have a ton of sales right out of the gate. Um, if you're not a household name, then not everything has to be perfect before you turn advertising on. But what I was saying is a lot of times agencies will come in um, and look at a brand and say, oh, the problem is you're not advertising enough. Look at all the impressions you could be having for a search word XYZ, but you're only covering this much because of your budget. Yes, there might be more potential for those impressions, but it's also important that everything else is buttoned up. Because if you're gonna get more visibility, why not also take advantage of the increased conversion rate that you've already achieved for those new eyeballs, right? And so just playing with everything that Amazon has to offer and being dynamic, this is one of the things that I constantly hear from the brands we work with, is they love how dynamic and nimble they can be on Amazon that they cannot be in retail, right? With regards Mm -hmm. to promotion, with regards to pricing, like if someone calls me today and say, hey, I wanna do a price promo, for 20% off, do it today. Let's see what happens. They can't do that in retail. That needs to go Mm -hmm. through the broker and then onto the distributor. That needs to have a trade spend budget. I mean, it's so complicated. Whereas on Amazon in three seconds, it's done,
0: right? Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So advertising, uh, it it really—it also really depends on what the company's goal is on is on advertising. Some just say, "Hey, I want to blanket it. I want to do brand awareness. I don't really care what the ROAS is or the ACOS is. I just want to make sure I'm everywhere." Some say, "Hey, I want to make sure it's profitable." Some make sure I want to be break even. Um, most of what we do is typically on advertising is twofold. Number one, we try and encapsulate them into our ecosystem, our brand. So having a storefront is important because you can run ads to a storefront. And then the brand is no longer looking at brand or the customer is no longer looking at brand A, B, C and D. They're only looking at you. So there's a higher Mm -hmm. chance for conversion and maybe even a higher chance for average order value to increase. Um, On the on the flip side of that, the other things that we're constantly doing is that when we run ads, a lot of our strategy is built towards increasing organic ranking. Can we drive organic ranking by running ads to to this search term specifically? Maybe it's not the most profitable play out of the gates, but if we can drive enough sales for that, we know that we can impact um, organic ranking, which to us is everything, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because we know that 80 plus percent of sales happen on page one, right? 65% plus of sales on page one happen in the first two or three rows. So if you're on page three, you're probably not selling. Right. Because what consumers are accustomed to now is if they go to Amazon or any website today and they look for what they want and they don't find it on the first page or two, they're going to change their query. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe they get a little bit more specific. So if you're on page six, you've got to be advertising or driving external traffic. And that's something that Amazon's opened up recently is something called Amazon attribution. Um, And now they're willing to give you a discount on their referral fee if you send your own traffic. So as a marketer for you. It'd be great if you're in Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest, whatever advertising you're doing, sending some of that traffic to Amazon, but using a specific link. And Amazon can tell that traffic came from you off of Amazon. Instead Mm -hmm. of paying 15% referral fee, you might pay 5%, which is 10% extra towards your ad cost off of channel, right? The more holistically a brand approaches their business and marketing efforts, the more successful they'll be right like if you're only in Costco forget about Amazon if you're only in Costco you're missing a large percentage of the population but then you go into stop and shop then you go into kroger then you go into um you know albertsons and all the ralphs and sprouts and whole foods you start getting more eyeballs then you're on amazon then you're on your website the business does better right mm-hmm. and so it's important that brands invest um it doesn't have to be a ton of money but they invest intentionally within specific channels. Don't go and do 14 different channels and do them all, you know, 10%. Do two Mm -hmm. or three channels, a hundred percent and master those, and then add one channel at a time, Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially with e-commerce.
1: It's so, it's so busy today with e-commerce. Do you go to Amazon? Do you go to Walmart? Do you go to iHerb? Do you go to GoPuff? Do you go to Instacart? Do you go to this? Like today people are inundated. So Mm -hmm. if you're everywhere, you have a higher likelihood of succeeding, but you have to be there intentionally.
0: Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Thanks so much for the conversation. Uh, So for for those people that doesn't know you, what's the best place to follow you? I mean, uh, are you active on LinkedIn? I know that you are so busy, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't do any outbound marketing. I'm, I'm actually in the process of putting together a website. All my business for the last six years, thankfully, has been inbound business and referrals. Um, if, if you want to get in touch with me, if you have questions, LinkedIn is the best place to do it. Um, you can just look me up, Elon Amir. Um, you'll find me there. And, um, or you could send me an email to Elon, E L A N, at E P A Marketing That's Elon at E P A Marketing dot Perfect.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Uh, thank Thanks you so a lot, much, I really
1: appreciate this. This has
0: been fun.